when I look at every single one of the great salespeople that I've worked with, mm -hmm. right, they have a phenomenal, bulletproof, mm -hmm. level 10 psychology, man. Yeah. You know, like their yeah. mindset, um, they, they work every single day yeah. to, to keep this strong. How do you break down psychology? So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, so uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, super excited today to talk to longtime friend, uh, you know, born on the same day as me, a year apart, and literally one of the greatest sales guys, sales trainers, and business coaches I know, Mr. Thanks, Bill man. Pipes, man. So, uh, dude, first time on the podcast, though you've first been on time. the Tom Ferry Show, and obviously we've shared the stage many times. Yep. Uh, so for the people maybe listening that have never connected with you, um, give them a little background, like to who is Bill Pipes? So, I mean, we, we met when I was 21 years old. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, I was 22. So, I was old. You know, I was yes. in, I thought I was going to be a college professor. I, I remember I was, you had like the Pillsbury Doughboy haircut. Yes. Could have also been the Times. Yes. Been, it was the Times, right? I had the, had the, the goatee, the, the haircut. Yes. And, uh, you know, met you and, you know, you're met your dad and mm -hmm. had the chance to actually like reevaluate exactly yes. like what I wanted to teach. Yes. Um, at that point started, started this whole process. Now at 13 years old, my mom gave me my first audio program from a company called success awareness Institute out Love of it. Waco, Texas. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if she ever read it sure. or, or listened sure. to it. Sure. Right? Sure. You know, that was in there, but I took it and started listening to it. And that was like the, the beginning exposure that I had to, to personal growth and development. And yeah. so when, when you and I met, that was, you know, like, Oh my gosh, just you know kindred spirits yeah and then you know just began to, to to learn about real estate to learn what it takes to be able to succeed in sales yeah and you know I, I do have a belief that that even though I wasn't in sales at that point like everyone's in sales Right. Yes. Every, everyone is a salesperson, even a teacher, a professor, teacher, a professor, a nurse, an Absolutely. attorney, uh, yeah. you know, so fast forward. Got okay, the, hold, hold on though. Okay. Hold on. You're going to go to that, but I, I totally want to interrupt. You know, your parents were divorced. Yeah. Right. You're an only child. Yeah. I grew up in a small town in Southeast Texas till I was um, 13 years old called Kirbyville had 1,972 yeah. people in it. Yeah. And, and then you left. I left. Screwed yeah. the entire population yeah. up. My, my, my mother moved to California. Yeah. And I remember I went from Kirbyville one summer to where she was living in Irvine. Um, and she took me to Laguna Beach and I started thinking about it going, okay, Kirbyville, Texas or Laguna Beach, Irvine. And I went, there was no, there, there was no yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah. Don't get mad, and, Texas. Yeah, Don't get mad. I, I if you've been to Laguna Texas, Beach. Yeah. Like, I still love Texas. I mean, that's where my roots are, yeah. you know, and I have, you know, um, amazing, you know, behaviors that were created based upon those roots of a small town. Yeah. But the, uh, you know, but the exposure that I got out here was, yeah. was invaluable. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, then you know, started to learn, you know, like about real estate, right? Mm -hmm. Your your dad had a, you know, you, you and your dad had this this thought of, let's take people that have never sold real estate and yep. teach them how to be coaches. Yes. And so I cycled this into that. This was a test. This was yes, a test. I remember the that emergency test. broadcast system, <laughs> yes. right? And then we, uh, you know, I think I was the only one out of that entire group of 10 people that they tested yes. that, that still is doing what it is that, that, that I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. And it just sort of grew from that. I found a natural affinity to being able to support people. I got the same uh, pop 
that I wanted yes. from, you know, what I wanted to do as a, as a professor mm-hmm. after watching a movie called Dead Poet Society, yeah. right? And I said, I wanna inspire people. I wanna, yes. you know, like have people stand up on desks and, oh, captain, my captain. Yes. And then, but I started to get that, I realized I could get that from a different avenue, which was being able to coach, train, um, lead seminars. Yes. Right? And so it just naturally started to, to evolve into that. And mm-hmm. you had me do my first event. I and, remember handing you the microphone. And I, yeah. And so and I remember the first event that we, that I ever did, I'm showing up, I'm going to Connecticut. I think it was Prudential Connecticut at the time. And the day before I leave, you say to me, um, by the way, they think I'm coming. They don't know you are. So here's what you say. Yes, do you remember that? I <laughs> do. And I'm sorry, uh, Candace, the CEO of the company. Uh, we did work that out. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. She knew. Yes. <laughs> she knew. No one else but knew. You, but you know what? Yeah, yeah. No, no one else knew because yeah. I, I'd been trained so well by you. Yes. And uh, and gone through and just and, and what I did, which I think is, is a critical part of most people that I find who are highly successful at anything they do uh, as in sales Mm -hmm. is I became a student of sales. Yes. I studied it as if I was, because I was a student before, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. You know, in a master's and PhD program. And so the way I approached learning sales was the same way that I approached actually learning anything that I was learning, which was dive straight into it as if I was going to be tested every single week. Exactly. Exactly. And, and rigorously go through to understand all the different perspectives and points of view. Any good professor, you're not going to go just myopically one approach. You're going to look at all the different ways. Um, go ahead. So then I, then I, then I took what I had learned And I applied it to a mortgage company, directlender.com, yeah. uh, you know, with two partners. And we grew that from, uh, from I think we had 67 people at the beginning and we had over 2,000 people when I left. Yeah. Loan officers. Loan officers, yeah. loan officers and, and support, uh, yeah. you know, back in support. Um, then, you know, left that, went into real estate, uh, you know, created a referral network and a, a team in Salt Lake City that basically did business in Salt Lake and all of Utah, partnered with individuals. This is before there was the expansion model team. Yes. So like, what year was that? That was 19, or it was 2010. Yes. Um, a coaching client that I was working with came to me and said, like, I'm getting all of these leads. And I said, well, what are you using? And then I said, how many are you getting there? She's like, we're getting 400, 500 leads a month. And I'm like, that's, that's bananas. Yeah. And where are you getting it? And she said, well, there's this thing called Boomtown. Boomtown. And so we were, I think, um, user number 45 mm-hmm. of, of Boomtown when I remember going to Unite when it wasn't Unite. Yes. And there was maybe 60 of us in the room. Yes. And going to, to uh, Charleston and, and with Greer and, and with... Uh, um, with Rivers, right, and David Kim, and that whole crew that was Absolutely. at the very beginning. So we took that team and then grew it to, um, we did about 175, 176 transactions, both traditional sales and also those that were being referred out because we created an ISA team before yes. we, were, we were like just figuring our way out before anyone had ever done it. And I thought, salespeople, from what I know, don't like to prospect. They don't like to make calls. So if we can take that off of them, how much more business could they do? And so we had a 28 to 35% model that said, you know, it'd be 35% drops down to 28% that we would charge our referral partners. Mm -hmm. We would uh, uh, generate the leads, vet out the leads, and then, you know, send them over to them and they would close them. Anyone listening right now that's in the game of real estate understands that that was an early arbitrage play. This is, you know, I mean, Zillow was certainly around them, but they weren't the force that they became even five years later boomtown today is a monster company supporting you know, thousands and thousands of companies um 
that's interesting that you have that insight. Like what were some of the early sort of moments or triggers or lessons? Because Bill, it was pretty insightful to say, hey, I could have a website in three or four or five locations, right? I could be generating leads and then have this, we weren't calling it ISAs back then, we were calling like telemarketers. telemarketers, right? I mean, have a telemarketer who makes phone calls, right? We sort of glorified it with ISA and OSA and all that stuff. Um, And then on the back end, you didn't mention that your wife, Marcy, right? Beautiful Marcy is a loan officer. So she was also crushing a ton of loans in the process. All of of the, like we would, we. We would double dip, yeah. right? And so it made it very profitable for us because yes. she would get the loans on maybe about 55 to 65% of, of sure. the transactions. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden we have this great model that's running phenomenally. Um, most of these being generated by Craigslist. So anyone yeah. remembers oh, Craigslist, yeah. right? So, and then we, I mean, it was, a, it was a shell game. Hold on, I'm actually gonna look at Rich, our producer. Rich, do you, do you recall that Craig, you know Craigslist, right? Do you know that Craigslist for a while was like the hottest lead generation it was it's what facebook has become or even i wouldn't say google i'd say facebook like placement ads craigslist was the dominant way to do that back in the day it was unbelievable how hot that was and then it just gone they got rid of it yeah they got rid of the links yeah but we had a we had a um we had a team of vas because uh you used to be able to log into the computer they would post we'd have to have it in a certain location because it would pick up the ip address i mean it was a game yeah you had the shell game it was a shell game and they they different computers different ip addresses different locations every 60 days get rid of them i'd go onto ebay buy these cheap towers yes you know ship them out to our locations and i mean it was it was fun you know it was actually fun and and again you were gaming and hacking the system right It was nothing illegal, just gaming and hacking the system to try and, for those of you that that don't recall this, and I know a lot of our longtime friends are like, oh, they're like, oh Uh, yes, we remember these times because you know, you would like, like think about how busy Twitter is today. You, you post a tweet today. I can remember getting on Twitter in like whatever, 2007 or eight. And I'd post a tweet like, you know, Hey, I'm going to lunch. And like 58 people would go, cool. Where are you going? Right. Well, today to get that kind of response, a, you've got to have like a gazillion followers because yeah. it's just so busy and Craigslist wasn't busy. So yeah. you could post an ad saying, not back then, curious about the value of your home or like, you know, tired of renting, yeah. looking to buy a house totally. and you would get this tremendous response, but then everybody caught on to it Good. and then they had to change the algorithm, right? Yeah. And everybody adjusted yeah. and then it just was gone. It was gone. And we sold off our company at that time. We actually, yeah. we actually over-indexed on Zillow to be able to actually uh, not just keep doors open, but the profit, profit margins got squeezed. We sold yeah. it to, to our team members. I think the other piece was too, um, when I look at what made that entire system work, it wasn't yeah. me. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I would come in because I was still traveling 100 you days a year. You set up a business. You I, were coaching and yeah. training. And, and I was yeah. I was still 100 days a year on the road. Yes. So my wife, Marcy, like big, big shout out to you, Marcy. Yeah, huge. She was, you know, one of the big things that I learned is as me, as an artist entrepreneur, and this is before I even heard the conversation for you, yeah. uh, from you, it was, she was the operator, right? Yep. And she was the one that was, that was creating the systems and doing everything else along those lines. So, you know, I learned at that time, like my big lesson that I learned from Mm -hmm. that was um, any artist entrepreneur, which I think most salespeople, most great salespeople are, they've got to align themselves with an operator, right? Otherwise, otherwise it it doesn't run. Okay, we can truthfully just shout out the podcast right there. And if everybody just got that point, think about it, everyone out there that's listening that, you know, if you are like Bill and I, you have a very full life. Notice we don't say things like busy because like that's not what it's about. We just have very yeah. full lives, right? We have a lot of commitments, a lot of people, a lot of fun, a lot yep. of travel, a lot of exposure, a lot of work, a lot of projects, the whole nine yards, right? 24 seven, go, go, go. And here's the deal. I know in my own business, 
we, we got to a level that we simply could not grow beyond Tom Ferry's passion. Totally. Tom Ferry's excitement, Tom Ferry's energy, Tom Your Ferry's vision. vision. Yeah. But most importantly, Tom Ferry's time. Yeah. I could only maximize my time. And, and I know everyone listening knows this, like you're doing searches at midnight. You are, you're sitting there in bed at night when you should be like, you know, snuggling up to your baby. And instead you're like, oh my God, I gotta follow up on that email, right? Like that's because you don't have that operational excellence next to you. That person, not your spouse, well, maybe your spouse, yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm saying you're, you shouldn't be sleeping with your operator unless it's your <laughs> spouse. Um, but you know what I mean? Like you don't have that person that is the yin to your yang. So, so, was there another time in your life that you learned that lesson or was it, can you just reflect on that moment with Marcy or that, where else? Cause it's a, such a big one. Dude, that was, that was the, the big, that was the big lesson. First time I've been called dude on my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to thank you very much. <laughs> well, tw 27 years, man. Hey, exactly. Like 27 dude, years. Of... Dude, what's on my back? Sweet, sweet, dude. <laughs> um, that, that was like looking back, that was a big aha for me in business because mm -hmm. I believed I had to do it all myself. Yeah. Right. And, and I realized. Speak to that. Tell us more about that. I thought I had to be everything. I thought I had, I, I would make myself wrong for mm -hmm. not being systemic and organized, yep. right? I would, um, but you know, when I, when I happened to marry my operator, right? Yeah. And I didn't, yes. and, I, and I knew at that time that she filled in gaps that I didn't, you know, naturally uh, was inclined to do. Um, you know, I started noticing like my, my normal everyday life started working. Yeah. So when we launched the business, I said, yeah. Hey, I got this idea. And she of course shot holes in it. Right. And, and then said, well, if we're going to do this, here's how we need to do it. And so, um, I, I realized at that point, and this is, this is a key, key point. Um, I don't have to have all the answers, but I have to have the relationships with people who do have the answers. And, Big. And so, you know, that has become, even as a coach, right? I may not always have the answers, but I have a network of 160 other coaches that I can reach out to or other, you know, top executives in the real estate industry that I can go, I've got this challenge. Can you help me out on it? Mm -hmm. How would you do, what would you do? What have you heard, et cetera? Yep. So that was, you know, it, it's having some humility to realize that I don't have to have all the answers. I need other relationships. I think that's so big and it, I can't think of any um, survey or, um, enough sort of quantitative data feedback, if you will, on this. But I would argue that the vast majority of people that don't have an assistant or, or, or really have that sort of like ego pride, like I've got to do it myself. My client expects it. Mm -hmm. I've got to be at every showing. I've got to be at the closing, like this, like all this BS, right? But not for them. BS yeah. to, to others that, you know, maybe like us, it would say not really, right? Like you could leverage yourself. Is it pride? Is it ego? Is it lack of awareness? Like, like, did you have a moment where you're like, I had no wait a minute, this I, just isn't working, right? I had no choice. Cause I, whether I liked it or not, I was on the road a hundred days a year. Yeah. I had, I had no choice. Yeah. Like, you know, I think if everyone started to think about the fact that if they were only in their business 50% of the time, yeah. you know, and they still, you know, relied upon, cause when we first started, um, Titan referral network, which was the name yeah. of it, when we first started TRN, it was, you know, it was not profitable. Yes. You know, like our first, our first four months, we For were sure. tripping over ourselves and, For sure. you know, like spending money and doing other things and just getting everything set up. But, well, uh, and hey, hi, I'm sorry, the lag time between lead generated sure. appointment set and, yeah. you know, transaction and then closing, yeah. right? So I'm four months is a shocker for me. I four, would think six. Four months, we started to actually see decent revenue coming in. Got it. At six months, 
we had figured it out through talking yeah. to other individuals that were also Boomtown users. And yeah. then really at the 12 month uh, mark, because this went on, we sold it in 2015. Right, February of 2015. Mm -hmm. um, so by that point, it had we had crested. Um, our profits had began to drop just a little bit because of the fact that Craigslist was no longer available. Yeah. Um, we were, you know, paying a little bit more for Zillow at that time. Yeah. You know, like we started to index on Zillow, and so, um, but like I had no choice. So if you're thinking, you know, I got to do this all on my own. You know, this is one of the things that I talk to to all the people that I coach is, sure, you can do everything, and maybe you can do it the best. Yeah. But it's not the best because it requires you trading money for time. Bingo. And if you're trading money for time, you're not running a business. You're just a self-employed individual. Yeah. yeah. It's so interesting to, um, you know, I, I think back, I reflect on like, uh, I think it was Tony Robbins who would say, you know, you're, you're either resourceful, right? Or you blame resources. Yeah. And so many, it, it's such a, you know, it's just such a truth. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, when you, you, you and I, who part of our world is being on the road, right? Like we're joking last night as we're walking the island talking about some of the crappiest hotels we've ever stayed in and some of the nicest <laughs> hotels and airports. And you know, if you've been to this place and yes. you ever spoke to that group and, and you know, when you, when you are legitimately an absentee owner, right? It has advantages and disadvantages, totally. right? And, and you either say, I'm going to find people I trust, people I like, people I can support, people that can grow with me, you know, or you basically have less of a business. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, not everybody's in that situation, but I would argue that many of you want way more time in your life. And, and rather than traveling 100 days a year on the road, maybe it's you spend all of that quality time with your children, yeah. with your friends, on your golf game, on something that you're super uber passionate about. Um, and you can have it all if you're willing to leverage, yeah. right? If you're willing to acknowledge, maybe you're the operator and, and you, can talk people out of buying every single day, right? And you, what you need is that face for your business, right? It's a it had nothing to do with what we originally discussed. No, we wanted to talk about on this, but, but I but I think it's critical. It's a important. great it's a it's a great distinction. Yeah, and I think the other distinction too, before we start jumping into some other things here, is um, the importance. I, I learned the importance of the people you choose to align yourself with. Yeah, you know, speak I, to that. Sure. So I made I was very clear that as we were doing the expansion model mm -hmm. that pre, I need to, pre Keller Williams pre, expansion pre, model. Pre, pre, yes. any, pre anything. Yeah. You were just like, was, there's just money yeah. over there. There's yeah. money over here. I'm like, wait, I can, cause I think Boomtown at that time was $999. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I can do that here. I can do that here. Mm -hmm. And, and Salt Lake city, Utah has one MLS for the entire state. So yeah. I could run one. Yeah. yeah. So, one site so when I started looking at who I was going to partner with in Silicon Valley, who I was going to partner with in Northern California um, in in Napa area, who I was going to partner with in San Diego, who I was going to partner with, um, I started looking at people that had the qualities that both I had, mm -hmm. right, as as leaders, mm -hmm. and then also that were great salespeople, yeah. right? And so had I chosen the wrong partners, and I was very fortunate because I had a great network of, of agents that I had built over the years, um, and I learned those those partnerships needed to be based upon great salespeople, yes. right, and, yes. and in the organization. So let's let's talk about that. Um, I, was just, I was just on, uh, Chris Smith and uh, Jimmy Mackin's podcast, yeah. Water Cooler. Big shout out to those guys. Super fun. Known known them, you know, forever and ever, and really proud of the the work that they're doing. Uh, Chris said to me, "I was looking on your YouTube channel, and you know, one of the top videos is why agents fail. Like, well, what are the qualities that make someone succeed? And I certainly had my opinion. I'd be super curious because you've coached a boatload of people. You've yeah. spoken to you know a couple hundred thousand people, so you've interacted with a lot. What would you say are those?" 
three, five, six qualities that those of us that want to get better should be modeling ourselves after sure. or trying to emulate. Can, can I just go sales in general? Yeah, because go sales. Because I, I think go there's going to be people that are listening to this that are in real estate and yep. then also in other verticals yeah, of, for sure. of, of the business. Um, I think number one, um, and, and it, we've all heard this before. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I look at every single one of the great salespeople that I've worked with, mm-hmm. right? They have a phenomenal, bulletproof, level mm-hmm. 10 psychology, man. Yeah. You know, like their yeah. mindset is, uh, I think, a Tommy tool, you know, yep. like, you know, stuff can be falling apart. He's going to be so pissed you call him Tommy on the podcast. <laughs> I thought I was the only one that had the right to call him. Yes. But, uh, you know, and I could go yeah. through the list of, of men and women. Um, they, they work every single day yeah. to, to keep this strong. How do you break down psychology? Like what, like what are the, you know, the sort of the pieces of like, you know, is it, is it the way I think? Is it the way I move my body? Is it um, like, I think it's a combination um, of both. I, I mean, I think, I mean, actually it's been proven that you can change your body, which changes your emotional state. Yeah. All right. I can put my shoulders back. I can smile yeah. automatically. It's going to chest up, it, yeah, smile my, face. Yeah, yeah. chest up, yeah. you know, shoulders Superman. back. Right. Yeah. And um, from Jordan Peterson, which I love. Yeah. Um, how how I, I can do that. But I, I think there's a lot more to it. Yeah. I, I think. Person, and I, I learned this when it, we just, you know, we climbed Aconcagua. Mm-hmm. What I learned is I could do all the training mentally that I wanted to. I could do my affirmations, yep. my visualization. Yep. You know, I mean, we all know, we've all heard, you know, do your affirmations, your self talk matters. We've heard visualize the end outcome, yep. you know, see like yourself listen, achieving see goal. yourself achieving, yep. listen, listen to things that are going to motivate and inspire you. Yep. However, what I found was this, and I found this up on the mountain, and I think it's as, as true on the mountain as it is down here, uh, you know, as a salesperson, is you're going to get ground down to your weakest common link. Yes. All right. So I think that there's a direct correlation between your sales skills, right, and also your mindset. Because if you got if you got weak sales, you can say just skills. Yeah, skills right? in skills general. in general, skills right? In, general, in your anything. mindset. So because if if your skills are lacking, you can do all the self talk. You can read mm-hmm. all the books. You can yeah. watch all the. I'm going to close this deal. Yeah. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Yeah. And you get there and you're like, Bleh. yeah. And then you walk out and your your mental you know your mental mindset is destroyed is, is destroyed and it's much lower, right? Yeah. Because you don't have the skills to support. Versus you walk into a presentation. You you know you're on the phone. You know what to say someone throws you an objection right it's actually a small win and that's the thing Mm -hmm. that i think you got to look at is small wins absolutely 100 percent build a great mindset and the way that you you catalog more small wins is by having great skills and you know like at at sales edge Mm -hmm. that's what it's about right it's all about can you build the skills to be able to actually maintain you know to produce results and have those small wins that build up to large confidence should we be tracking our wins 100 percent you know, if I if I find someone that is that their mindset is is weak or, or or they're going through some some challenging times, which I think everybody does. Yeah. Um, what I'll have them do is every single day I'll have them write down what are the three wins that they actually had. Yeah. Now something interesting happens when you do this. Um, you have you know, two chemicals that actually work concurrently to be able to create a sensation of the confidence. professor is coming yeah, out. Here we go. <laughs> oh, great bearded one. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Um, so you have. Serious serotonin and you have dopamine. Yes. Okay. When you actually focus on and, and you like start to catalog what it is that you did right. Yeah. And you, you go back and you go, well, you know what? I closed four more times than, than I normally do. Um, I actually closed. I, I actually made my closed. Phone calls. I made my phone calls mm-hmm. and, and, and you take the time yeah. to actually go, what did I do in the last yeah. 24 hours? That was yeah. a win. 
you actually release dopamine and serotonin. Mm -hmm. And dopamine, serotonin is, um, it's the chemical that is is responsible for that feeling you get when you go to like Six Flags, Mag- Six Flags Magic Mountain, yeah. right? That feeling of oh, or jump out of airplanes or whatever. It's the feeling that people get when they look at their iPhone and and see like seven people like their Instagram. That's right. It's like, oh, yeah. right. That's like people like don't look at your phone at night because yeah. you're waking yourself up. Because you're you're getting a serot- dopamine. You're hits. getting a serotonin hit, and then yeah. the dopamine yeah. is actually um, what uh, uh, what the the companies have actually used to actually create, uh, you know, those drugs that calm you down, right? Oh, interesting. So, okay. so the serotonin is that, boom, that hit, Got it. Okay. right? The dopamine keeps you calm. Those were, if you combine those two together, it actually creates a neurochemical sensation of confidence. So there's science that actually backs up that when you catalog, mm-hmm. you know, the things that that you're doing that are working, mm-hmm. it actually generates the chemicals in your body that you need necessary to be able to actually create. Got confidence. It. Got it. It's a it's a cool hack. Uh, absolutely. Okay, so we are we started this question by saying, you know, you've 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 studied and worked with and coached and trained all these amazing people. The first one you said was absolutely psychology and then we yeah. kind of danced through a lot yeah. of that and gave some insight and then we talked a little bit about skill. Yeah. So I want to I want I'm assuming skills is going to be on your list. Skill skills is absolutely on my list. Okay, but, but I, I, I want to call it I want to pro- ask you a different question though okay. about skills. Yeah. Um so many people I know that are like, oh yeah, well I went to that course, or yeah, I read that book, or mm-hmm. like, like, oh my skills are good. Like, yeah, I, there's there's a commercial, and I don't watch a lot of TV, but like, it's like basically, I think it's like AT and T. They're like, you know, are you are you a good surgeon? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Right? Like, well, you don't want like you don't want a good surgeon. No. You, you know, you don't want a good set of brakes. You want like perfect brakes. The commercial that I love the most yeah. of that one is they're getting on a amusement park ride. <laughs> yes. Right? You check this. Yeah, I think it's okay. Well, what happens if it doesn't work and something happens to us? We just move on to the next city. <laughs> we just well, move along. We can't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, eh, I guess I'm done selling here. I'll go to the next city. Well, what do you say to the person that is uh, maybe plateaued and, and it's just like maybe uninspired to, to learn new skills. They, they've just gone to maybe a fixed mindset when it comes to sales, persuasion, influence, magnitude, energy, whatever you want to call it, right? The ability to, to move somebody forward. What do you say to that person? Um, create bigger goals. Really? 100%. Okay. Uh, um, so you and I, yeah. okay, this was uh, three years ago. Mm-hmm. We're, we're sitting, we're having, I forget where we were, but we're having dinner. And I think we're in Laguna Beach. Right? <laughs> I was like, we traveled a lot we're, together. Yeah. So I'm like, where so, were no, we? I'm trying to remember exactly <laughs> where we're, we're, more we're, we're in Laguna Beach and we're having yeah. a conversation. And what I what I'd found was I'd become uninspired as a speaker. I remember that. Yeah, like I was like, I was almost ready to, to be done. To, I remember, I, the, how about the Darren Hardy story? You gotta tell that one. Oh yeah. So, finish your, finish your well, uninspired finish as a speaker and then I'm gonna hit you with the Darren Hardy story. So, but but what I noticed was this is, um, you know, human beings run patterns, yeah. right? I mean, that's all we are is pattern yep. recognition machines. Yeah. Okay. Um, the pattern. Say, say that. Say that again. All that we are as human beings is pattern recognition machines. Yes. Right. Yep. And um, I, I truly believe that most people are dying in installments. Okay. Mm. That because they're they're not pushing themselves, they're not putting themselves in uncomfortable situations. Um, they're making decisions of what they can and can't do that they they're they're dying off in installments and so powerful I, I, I'd had that happen right and mm-hmm. and I noticed that the way it was showing up for me was I was doing I was telling the same 
stories for like 15 <laughs> damn years at events, man. And I came to you and we started having this conversation. <laughs> I remember this. And where? Yeah, okay, keep, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah and so I started looking this. at, you know, Marcy and I were traveling, we're making, look, we're making great money. Yeah. Had the cars, impacted house, a ton of people, everything, everything like, yeah. you know, and I'm like, eh, you know, I'm just not inspired. Yeah, and, and you were on autopilot, dude. Was, you were exactly the, the people that I'm asking the question about. Yeah, and like so you plateaued. Yeah, what I realized was, um, even though we we're doing a bunch of traveling, having a great time, living a great life, mm-hmm. um, we were eating at restaurants, and like the reason I didn't have new stories was because I wasn't doing anything in my life that was story worthy, right? Bingo. And so. I made a commitment at, at that point that okay, I want everybody to say that again. This the, was this was a very big distinction yeah. for you. The the reason that I didn't have great stories to tell from mm-hmm. the stage mm-hmm. to inspire others was because I wasn't living a life that was story worthy. Yeah, I wasn't putting myself in in situations, positions, and setting goals that scared the crap out of me. Yeah, right. And so you weren't growing. I wasn't growing. You weren't doing anything other than work, kids, life. And listen, just be clear, my friends. We're talking about living an extraordinary life here. You weren't creating memories. No, not at all. I mean, you know, yes, dinner with your wife is awesome, right? Yeah. You know, but you get to do that three days a week. Absolutely. Right? Like something special. So what did you tell them what you decided to do? So I made a commitment at that point that I was going to climb. I was going to start doing like living a life for two reasons. Number one Mm -hmm. was because I wanted my commitment. One of the commitments I have in life is I, I believe there's a responsibility when you've gotten a little bit further down the path to be able to actually block and tackle for those that are behind you. Yes. Right. And so, um, I wanted to, I was committed to actually doing things that were inspiring to me so that I could subsequently, you know, use those stories to inspire others into action. Yes. Right. And then also because I wanted my son and daughter to be able to look at me and I wanted them to see me at 40, Mm -hmm. I think I was 42, 43, doing things that others had never done in their life. So I made a commitment. I was going to climb Kilimanjaro, uh, which I did. And then that commitment moved over into me going, well, I'm going to climb Aconcagua down in South America. And when I made that commitment, it went, if you're going to do two of the seven top summits, mm-hmm. why not do all of them? Yeah. So at that moment, I made a public declaration that I'm going to climb all seven of the summits, which I now back down to six because mm-hmm. I'm not going to do Everest simply because it's such a mess. And yeah. there's people that are on the mountain that should be on the mountain. And it's too much of a risk yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then all of a sudden now I've got, you know, a, Everything changed at that moment because my training changed, um, my workouts changed, what I ate, the way I related to myself, mm-hmm. because I had a goal that yeah. was that I had no idea where I was going, how I was going to do it. Yeah, but you I you couldn't knew, just say I got this. No, I, I couldn't go. You didn't know what to get. You didn't know how to train no for. Idea. You I didn't never, know. Like, I never really done any mountain yeah. climbing, man. Yeah. I done a little bit. You know, I live yeah. in Salt Lake City, but I'd never done anything like that. Yeah. And so when I, I don't think mountain climbing is like going up the path of like you know snowbird that was carved out for that's you. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> like in Jackson. I've done it's it. I, we that. just did it. I'm not saying it's bad, but like I think this was a little more serious. So I I would circle back around to your question yeah okay which is why is it that someone has hit that plateau mm-hmm. um chances are they've hit a majority of their goals yeah right yes um, they've stopped growing and learning yeah okay and on top of that they haven't created something in their mind that is so big and scary and audacious mm-hmm. that it's going to force them to actually into the next evolution of them yes yeah very well said all right so just for fun yeah. tell the darren hardy story <laughs> ah, man. Oh, yeah. You heard this, Rich? 
Rich, have you heard oh, this? This is so great. So we're we're doing a seminar. Uh, you're doing a seminar. I just yeah. just just a, I just joined the company. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. whatever. Like and six seven years ago. You're down in San Diego. We're down in San Diego, and Tom says, "Hey, let's go to dinner. We're gonna go to um, we're gonna go to dinner with Darren Hardy. Do you want to go?" And all of a sudden, like, oh my gosh, Darren Hardy. You know, sort of like you know, have a what would he's you call? The, it? He's the publisher of Success Magazine. Dude. He's written a ton of books. Very yeah. charismatic guy. Very like, charismatic, and you know, he's a good guy. He's a baller. Yeah, you know, like he's he legitimately someone that I looked up to a lot. Sure. And so we go to dinner and I think it's Encinitas or Cardiff and we're at, I think the beach house is the name of the restaurant. And I remember we walk in and he's sitting there, he's, he's at the bar and then we go sit down and Tom and him start having this conversation, Rich, right? And they start talking about their goals, right? And as they're talking about their goals, Tom goes, hey, Darren, what are you doing? You know, like, you know, like what's going on this next year? And he's like, I'm gonna interview this person and yeah, that what person, are you inspired person. About? Like, what are you working about? on? And yeah. then he, Darren gets done and then he t- turns to Tom and he goes, hey, Tom, what about you? Like, what's what's happening this next year in your business? Mm-hmm. Now, this is November. Do you remember yeah. that? It's yeah. November. So yeah. we're in this goal setting sort of conversation. Yeah, new year, new you. What are you going for? What are you inspired yeah. about? You and know. so like halfway through, I didn't know it was halfway, but you're probably like four minutes into talking about, we, we were launching Sales Edge the next yeah. year. And there's yep. a bunch of cool stuff that was happening. And uh, all of a sudden I go, oh shit, it's coming to me. <laughs> I get like I'm the hot potatoes coming to me. And I'm sitting there like, okay, I better get this right. Okay. Like, you I know, have to go like, to the restroom. I'll be like, right back. <laughs> you know, all my looking good starts to oh, kick yeah. in. Like, oh, you know, yeah, and yeah. so, um, so it comes to me and I start going through like, and, you know, Tom goes, pipes. So how about what, you, man? What, what do you come you? And so start going through my stuff and my goals and you're nodding at me like this as I'm doing it. I remember mm-hmm. this and um, I get done and I'm like, okay, yeah. that's over. Right? Yeah. And then you go, can I be honest with you? I'm like, sure. And he goes, well, ba- can, why do you want it? Yeah. You said that was a big question. Yeah. Why do you want it? Yeah. And I, I thought about it for a second. And I proceeded to tell you why it is I wanted it. And then you looked at me and I'm, Freaking! will remember this to the day I die. You go, well, based upon that, I think you're going to fail. And I remember, like he said, based upon that, I think you're going to fail when I gave him my why. And I remember the whole world like going, whoa, 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 whoa. And I remember thinking in my mind, well, based upon that, you SOB redhead, I'm going to freaking punch <laughs> I'm you leaving in the, the nose. Company. Yeah. Like in front of Darren Hardy, how dare you, man? Yes. And, um, I sort of checked out, you know, yeah. like a little bit from the conversation. I remember you saying, like jokingly, you go, Bill, and it sounded like this, Bill, 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 come back, 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 back to the conversation, station, right? <laughs> As a, and so I turn and you said, you, are you upset? I'm like, no, why, right? Yeah. And of course I was, and you said, uh, can I share with you why I said that? And you said, I said, sure. Cause I'm, I'm always, co- that's the other piece. You're very I coachable. Think, I think that's one of the, the, the strengths that great salespeople have is mm-hmm. they're willing to be coachable to not have it all figured out. Yep. And you said, you've got a million dollar goals. Mm-hmm. You got a $50,000. Why? Yeah. Right. And Darren said, uh, Bill, are you up for some coaching? And I said, sure. He said, you know, here's what I found in all the interviews that I've done. And he did like with Oprah, uh, Elon Musk, Musk and, and he just said, these extraordinary, you know, he said Warren Buffett, like on and on. Now, again, to the day I die. Yeah. Remember this, both, both of what you guys said, he said, here's the, here's the, if there was a secret to success, he said, anybody can do the things they want to do. The average person mm-hmm. does the things they want to do on the days they want to do it. Yeah successful people have figured out a way to do the things they don't want to do and still do it well on the days they don't want to do it. Yeah. And I asked him, 
well, how, right? Which is the obvious, yeah. obvious question yeah. to that answer. And he said, um, they have a why that borders on an obsession, yeah. right? And I think most, for most salespeople and most human beings, when they set goals, it's a good idea. Mm -hmm. It's an obligation. Yeah. There's not the why behind it. Well, I was it. sitting in a class. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, I'm in this so class. I've got yeah, to create yeah. it. So versus yeah. this is an absolute must, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, So it's in, first of all, I'm, thank you. It, it, like I asked you to share that story because I think everybody's been in that situation. Yeah. I've been in that situation. Um, yeah. I remember the first time I met uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, it was, you know, we've all like, you know, we've been in this situation before you're with, I'm with my wife and coach Mary Jet and her husband and we're in Santa Monica and we're at this restaurant and, you know, Devin is just this, you know, brilliant teacher super smart. and just super, you know, and Mary and Kathy are just going yeah. off having goofy fun. And uh, Devin's like, well, so, you know, if, if Schwarzenegger came up here, like, what would you do? I'm like, oh my God, I'd ask him this and this and this and this and that, right? Like, I'd be super impressed, like his background, his stories, history, yeah. you know, like, and of course, like, you know, 15 minutes later, we're like in some other conversation and all of a sudden this giant hand comes down on my shoulder. Hello there, how are you doing? <laughs> do you like my restaurant? And, and I couldn't say anything. I literally, he left, he left. I excused myself to the restroom. I came back. By the way, my wife and Mary Jett are now behind the ropes at his private table. Devin is sitting there <laughs> laughing his ass off at me. And he goes, he goes, dude, I swear to God, the only thing you said was beep. <laughs> <laughs> so we've, we've all been in that situation yeah. before. Um, it's just interesting, you know? Do you, I mean, that's not, a, that's not a skills thing, no, but, it's, but it's, it's an awareness thing. It's if, are you willing to take the lessons that life gives yes. you from the from yes. the minor or major breakdowns that occur? Yes. You know? Yeah. Watch, that was a minor breakdown. You for know? sure. Like, I, for, for sure. You know, but but I look back on that and that was a pivotal point in my life. And I think if you're if you're not aware, right? If you're if you're not present and yeah. you're not open, that's the yep. key. If you're not open to the yep. contribution of other people in the world, yeah. then you'll miss you'll you'll end up bumping your head against the same shit over and over and over again yeah. until you get the lesson. Yeah. So that's big, man. Yeah. That's big. So there's one more piece too. Yeah, I was gonna say we were yeah. talking characteristics. Yeah, so characteristics. What em else you got? Empathy. You you had Chris Voss on, which I just super fun. Freaking love that guy. Yeah, man, yeah. Dude, that yeah. his his book and all the studies, and again. I've continued to study, right? Yes. I think that's, that's you know, like, why is it that I'm still passionate now? It's because I'm setting big goals and I still study, right? Yes. I realize- We're trying to close the gap with new knowledge, new, new insights. And, and there's, yep. you know, and something that I haven't learned that I read again and I go, oh, how did I miss that? Mm -hmm. like, a, like a great movie. So um, what I learned from, from Voss that I think is so critical is empathy. Mm -hmm. um, that empathy, and I think I'm gonna quote him and do the best that I can to actually get it right. Empathy is the first step to that he uses for influence. Yes. Right, as, a, as an FBI negotiator. Mm -hmm. And so, like for myself, before I step on stage, I, I realize that really communication, and sales is communication, right, between two individuals. Communication is the transference of energy between two people. Like, I'm really glad you said that, yes. Yeah, because right now we're- It's one of my favorite truths. Energy back and forth. Yep. You guys right now, yep. you know, like, you know, Richard in the room and, and then the, you know, everyone who's listening. What's happening Have is- Have you met Courtney yet? No, hi, Courtney. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Nice to meet you. So, so. I was like, sorry, mid, mid, you know, podcast, you know, quick connection, <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> yeah, nice to meet you, Courtney. So, um, Hashtag Courtney rocks. Courtney, Courtney rocks. Yes. Um, so communication is a transference of energy, yep. right? And I've got to make sure, A, like, why do I do mindset? Why, do, why does someone do mindset work? You're in the right energetic state, yep. right? Why is it that you have empathy? Because people can feel that, yes. you know? How you feel on the inside radiates the people on your outside. Absolutely. So if, if you you're know? getting a weird response from people, it's you. Do you, do you remember, not them. Do you remember Wayne Dyer? Obviously, you remember Wayne I, Dyer. Yes, I remember yes, Wayne remember Dyer. Dyer. Yes, um, God bless you him. You know, like, yeah, absolutely. A another great mentor of both yeah. of ours, yes. right? And he, he said something, and I'm gonna come back to this whole uh, conversation with that with Voss. He said something that if you change the way that you look at things, the things you look at change. Yes. Right, which I, I love that quote. Yep. You know, like, that's why I believe there, there are no uh, challenging clients. There's only salespeople that lack versatility. Bingo. Okay? Oh, say that again. There are no difficult clients. Yes. There's just salespeople that lack versatility. Yeah. Now I know some of you are going, well, you don't know some of the clients that I've worked with. And, right? and but, my response is like the greatest opportunities are in the people that you can't connect with. Yeah. Like, like how hard is it with the easy ones? Yeah. It's not right now. There may be difficult transactions and other buyer seller, you know, other agent, yada, yada. But like the fun is in the person that starts with like, screw you. That's right. I hate salespeople. You're like, yeah. I'm going to get you. Yeah, that's like, right. That's it's fun. Yeah, that's that's the opportunity for growth. Yes. Right? So for, from an empathy standpoint, because I always, you know, I heard empathy was important before. And I heard that you need to be empathetic, and I tried my best to actually define what empathy was, mm -hmm. um, and you know went online and did a whole bunch of searches, and then eventually what what came to me was. Um, if I want to change my focus and be empathetic, I've got to ask myself different questions, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, so before I go on stage, before I pick up the phone, you know, when I was in sales, uh, when I was in, you know, traditional yeah. phone sales yes. or yes. prospecting, there's a series of questions that I ask myself. And I think every single person that's listening right now can use these questions. And it's not just for, for real estate or whatever sales that you're in, it's for any relationship that you have, mm -hmm. right? The questions I ask myself are this, number one, what do I like about this person? Mm -hmm. Okay. And if my mind goes nothing, then I go, well, if I were to like if something, I could like something. Yeah. Like, yeah. so I have to play a game with myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And number two is the second question I ask is what do I appreciate or am I grateful for them? Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Like, so I'm getting ready to call a lead. What do I like about them? What yep. am I grateful? What yep. do I appreciate? Yep. You know, well, I appreciate the fact that, you know, there, we had a good conversation last time. Yeah. I, I appreciate the fact that they're even considering me to, to be able to actually be the person that's going to sell their house or they're going to buy a product from, uh, I even go so far as to say what I love about them. Yeah. Right. Me too. Um, and then the next one is, um, what is their problem and how can I solve it? Bingo. Okay. So if you ask those questions, it reframes, mm -hmm. you know, the way that you actually are thinking about the person, which subsequently impacts the way that you respond and you talk to them. And that I do that. Empathy. I do that before almost every coaching session with yeah. clients as well. And like, you know, my for clients sure. have all been with me for like 500 years. Right. Yeah. And I'm still like, what do I love about Josh Rubin? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. like, what do I love about Maxine Gellin? Yeah. Right. What do I appreciate but, about that? But it also makes you present. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's hard to be empathetic, to truly be empathetic and connected if you're looking over the person's shoulder, mm -hmm. if you're looking at your email while you're making the phone call, if your cell phone is a distraction, like you've got to be present. So these questions really are just focusing in like yeah. head and heart and hands, right? That whole, you know, Rich remembers that head, heart, hand conversation from Jim Quick, like into that client. Yeah. So from there. I would take it one step yeah, further yeah, as go, well too if we're go. talking awareness, yeah. right? Because it really is. Yeah. Like great salespeople have high levels of empathy and awareness, yep. okay? And so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, old school sales, yeah. you've got to have some type of script or dialogue that yes. you're at least following as an outline. Mm -hmm. Okay. It look, it, my goal in, in teaching, which I've now taught 
300,000 plus individuals, um, you know, art and science of sales and persuasion and influence at seminars, probably even more than that now, um, is, is not to turn them into robots because we teach them scripts and dialogues. Mm-hmm. It's to give them the framework to have a conversation so that they're not thinking about what do I need to say next? Bingo. Because to your point about awareness, if you're thinking, okay, what am I gonna say? Where do I go with this? You all of a sudden have just disconnected from the person that you're speaking to mm-hmm. or that you're in front of mm-hmm. and people feel that. Again, communication, transference of energy. Yes. All of a sudden they feel like, and they don't go, oh, this person's disconnected. The way it occurs is when you're busy thinking, what do I say next? They're not listening, they don't care. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah, you lose all trust yep. in that moment. Not all trust, but you no. lose a lot of trust in that moment. Um, we could spend days on that, but I was thinking, yeah. even Chris Voss in that interview, he's like, you know, 55% is older to your body he, is he, your he, communication. He, I was he like, we've been talking man. about this. It's yeah. like, you know, forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for those of you that haven't heard, so, he's, so it's 55% of your total communication is the way that you move your body, yeah. right? So if you think about like, Courtney, if I'm, if I'm saying to you, you know, hey, uh, did you uh, want to meet with me today at four o'clock? And I'm nodding no the whole time. Like you're sending a total mixed signal, right? Like anyone in their right mind's like, why is he asking me and nodding no? Like something about this is just wrong, right? The, the word is congruency. Congruency. That's that's yeah. the key. Yeah. You know, um, you have to have congruency. Yes. Right? And, and same thing with your tone. Absolutely. 38% of your total yeah. communication is the, is the way the word sounds. So if I'm like, Bill versus Bill. Yeah. Same exact word, but the tone has totally different meaning for the listener. For sure. And then only 7% of your total communication is the way, like the actual words that you use, yep. right? So well, the and joke the, is the, you could say the wrong thing with the right tone and the right body language, people still understand you or say yeah. nothing and they still understand you. Yeah. And, and the, the important thing about the body, because mm-hmm. a lot of what we do now is not face-to-face. Correct. Okay. It's, it's email, it's text, email, DMs, text, yeah. or, or even phone is yeah. you gotta understand that your, your body controls two things. Mm-hmm. It controls the way that you sound. Yep. Right. If I slump over, if yep. I put my head down, right. Yeah. It, right uh, there it automatically yeah. my, my voice just changed. Yeah. I, I didn't try and change my voice. I yeah. just sort of slumped yeah. over. But if I put my shoulders back, right, put a big smile on my face, it changes, right? Yes. And um, so it not only controls your tonality, your body controls your tonality, but the other key piece is that it controls the emotional state that you're in. Bingo. Okay. And so you, dun, 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 that's right. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, like, you know, you have your pregame ritual that you do before. 1, you're on the, you're on the, the trampoline, the trampoline yep. you know, you're doing your affirmations. There's, mm-hmm. there's a ritual that you go yep. through and that's designed to actually make sure that you're in, in peak state. Yep. Um, I think Tony uh, Robbins said it. He said one of the greatest um, reasons why salespeople fail mm-hmm. is because they fail to control their emotional state. I agree. You know, which, I agree. Which goes back to Hardy. Yeah, do yeah, yeah. what you don't want to do on the days uh-huh. that you don't want to do it. The only way you're going to be able to do that is to come up with some strategy that you have to be able to change your state. Yes. Right? Yes. So. Talk about uh, versatility. Oof. Um, so how do you, first of all, how do you define it and explain, explain to maybe the audience sure. why I'm even asking about it? Like so give, give them context. Verse, I think that most, most human beings, people I like was actually the, waiting for you to go, it, it, the origin is Latin <laughs> and it is <laughs> Latin and the, the quarks. And, Professor Pipes. Um, so most individuals will gravitate to people that they 
and, and clients that they feel comfortable with. Yes. Right. So, and, and those clients subsequently will gravitate towards them. The challenge with that is there's only a small, small portion of the population of that are just like that are you. just like you. Yeah. And so if, if you don't have what versatility is, is the ability to connect with a, uh, multiple types of individuals, right. On a deep and meaningful level. Yes. Okay. No matter, you know, how they speak, how they talk, how mm-hmm. they walk, how they dress, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you look at, I want to be able to, I want to be able to double my conversion version. Well, double your versatility. Yeah. You know, like yeah. instead of just being someone that, oh, I only work with people who are high driven and yeah, no, figure out ways to work with the soft amiable, to, mm-hmm. to be able to work with the high expressive, to be able to work with the incredibly analytical individual instead of mm-hmm. it just being, you know, like square, square peg, circle, not nah, doesn't fit, yeah. square peg, uh-huh. circle, eh, doesn't uh-huh. fit, square peg, square, ah, there we go. Like you end up wasting so many opportunities and you end up working so much harder than you have to. That is, I don't think people really get uh, how, like how real that is, yeah. right? That you do have to work so much harder. And, and now some might argue, Bill, that, well, it's also hard to try and like fake it and be like other people. Is, is that what you're talking about? You're saying like, do I need to like, you know, if, I, if I'm not analytical, suddenly act like I'm analytical, if I'm not very amiable, like using obviously some very basic yeah. personality profile. And I, I, I'm gonna go a totally different direction with you yeah. on this, but like, like, is that your thought? Like fake it till you make it or like fake think, it to connect? I don't, I don't think it's fake it till you make it. I think everyone has different parts of, of themselves that are similar to other individuals. Yeah. yeah. Meaning, I have an analytical side. It may be not what I lead on, yeah. right? But it's there. Yeah. Um, I definitely have my expressive side. Yeah. I have my driver side. Yeah. I have an amiable side. Yeah. So it's really just just allowing that portion of who I am, mm-hmm. like to to, to be able to tap into to it. To tap into it because yeah. it's it's all there. I think so many people get caught up in like disc profile and they go, "I'm a di." Right? So I got only work with people. expressive. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I am. Yeah. And I have no choice, but that, that's just how I am. Yeah. Right. That, that's such a fixed mindset yeah. versus I have, if you look at a disc profile, it says you have all of these characteristics. Yes. You just are naturally more inclined for this. Yeah. Right. So it's just tapping into that portion of yourself. It's not faking it. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. I'm going to use the more amiable bill mm-hmm. versus the more driver gets shit get stuff done. Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I remember, I mean? and I would even argue too, like, do you remember back in the day when we were all, you know, um, you were kind of in, in the next wave just because of the time that you joined yeah. us. Uh, but, you know, Matthew and myself, we're all going through NLP, neurolinguistic yeah. programming. We're learning from the greats and, you know, big shout out to like Robert Stover. Bobby was my, Stover, yes. right, my first coach, right? $500 a month. I'm like Can 19, I'm 19 yes. writing sentences until three yes. in the morning to understand these language patterns. And it was just so like awesome, right? Kenrick Cleveland, yeah. who, you know, I love and John Grinder, Richard Bandler, the co-founders. I right? yeah. just got to meet all these insanely great people. But there was a time when like, we were like, okay, I'm gonna figure out, is this person visual, auditory, kinesthetic? Yeah. Right, V-A-K, yep. right? And then, you know, because you weren't gonna like taste what them language or they smell them. What language what are language they are using? Like, I've gotta yeah. only stay, and, and there is some truth to this, yeah. but, but I think versatility is the ability to recognize where the client is at and then allow that piece of you to come out. That's exactly right? correct. To stay in there, it's, it's no different from someone that like, uh, sends you a text and you call them and they don't respond. Well, you've broken modality, yep. right? Like, That's what it is. They it's text the you, you want to, like, yeah. I tell people, like, if you want versatility, like, this is this is how I describe it. I would say, yeah. um, are you good enough for me to get you licensed or unlicensed, depending upon the country or the city that I drop you in, and have you go on listing appointments on Tuesday in Vienna, yeah. right? Can I put you in District 13 in Vienna tomorrow on a listing appointment? You know, look, 
like the comps are the comps, yep. the prices are the price. Sure, it's euros, not US or Canadian dollar or you know Mexican or like whatever it is. But like, could you just go there yeah. and do your thing with people in a foreign land? Yeah. Maybe that speak a different language or speak enough of okay. your language. Like that to me is high versatility for sure. You know, yeah. and and people that oh my god, I could never do that. Like, but we do it all the time. I, I'm you, hello the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, think think about this. Yeah everybody has adjusted who they are yeah. to be able to connect with somebody. Yes. If you have ever gone on a date, right? Oh yeah. You, you like bananas, you I like, like bananas. Yeah, <laughs> and you, you shift around and you yeah. do it because there's an end outcome that you're hoping to have occur, yes. right? Yes. And, and you do it as an, and this is the thing that, 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 that I always come back to. Um, I'm willing. This should be taught on Bumble, Match. No. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah. yeah, not so much on Tinder because it's just kind of you know swipe right. Yeah. Um, um, the the key for for me is this: is I'm committed to helping people reach their goals. Whether I'm a, whether I was in real estate, whether I'm you know a coach, whether yeah. I'm a speaker, yeah. right? Whether I'm a mom, a dad, yeah. right? Whatever. Soccer field. Whatever. Soccer field. Yep. Whatever. Right. I'm committed to my commitment is to help people accomplish the goals that they have. Yeah. I am more committed to that than I am uh, to who my definition of self is. Yeah. I'm willing to give up myself to mm -hmm. be able to align with somebody else. I don't think there's any greater honor to somebody else mm -hmm. than to say, You're, you and your goal is more important than my conditioning and programming that I have of who I think I am. Yeah. Right? And so when I let that go, right, it actually feels good. Yeah. You know, it feels like it doesn't feel like slimy manipulative because look, this very clear, this could be dark side of the force stuff right here. I yes. mean, you could absolutely use oh, yeah. any of the tools of NLP or, or, or persuasion and influence techniques. Mm -hmm. uh, I even don't like that word persuasion because it seems, yeah. it seems forced yeah. and manipulative yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I, it isn't, it's an honor to mm -hmm. be able to actually, and when you, this is what's really cool. When you start to align with the way that they speak, when you start mm -hmm. to align with their body language patterns, you begin to understand them. Yes. Right. And and you know you ever you and I have had that before. Where you're like, dude, mm -hmm. I was just going to say that. Mm -hmm. It's because you get in this cadence of yep. of rhythmic. It's a pattern. connection, man. Yep. It's a, it's the connection. Yeah. All right. Totally random. Really yep. quick. Best sales books you've ever read. I'm going to go old school first. Okay. How to win friends and influence people. Oh yeah. Oh my God. I yeah. made my. I made. Only Michael Ferry, my son, yeah. at like 16, 15, 16, read that book. He's like, game changer. That was right. Totally agree. I think we we're talking uh, while we we're walking around Balboa last night. Yeah. That was the first book that yes. one of my good friends, Jeff yep. Brain, That's got right. Me. We did talk about this. He night. got me that and he yep. got me Think and Grow Rich. Now, yeah. Think and Grow Rich is, is more of a mindset book. So yes. I don't put that in there. Yeah, yeah. I put How to Win Friends and Influence People as mm -hmm. one of the primary ones. And what would you back. say is the, like, the big takeaway from that book, like reflecting on it right now, like for maybe someone that has never been exposed to it? Um, genuinely get interested in other human beings. Yeah, yeah. Stop Ask trying questions. to be interesting, start be being interested. interested. Yeah, I was thinking about that that's last a, night after, the, yeah. like I was, I was honestly thinking about that last night after we got done with mm -hmm. dinner. I'm like, you know, cause we were talking, we had that conversation. I'm like, what was the number one thing? And that was it. Like, mm -hmm. can I, can I really ask questions, be interested in other individuals, mm -hmm. right? And yes. show, and, and when I meet, and you know, I've talked about this, when we meet multiple millionaire billionaires, mm -hmm. the inter who was, um, Oh, the uh, the movie or the music producer that you went up to, um, that you played the oh Barry Gordy, Barry Gordy. oh my god, like, yeah. like the Barry Gordy story, like it's like the coolest what, person what on the do? planet. What did he do the entire time where you guys were at dinner after he smoked you? After at... he beat me in Dance Dance Revolution <laughs> three times, <laughs> three times, you smoked you. Know who you. Barry Gordy is like created Motown, like 
like Michael Jackson, Jackson Five, yeah. Diana Ross. I mean, like legend. And his daughter is a real estate agent, right? Debbie Holloway, big shout out to his coaching here. She walks up to me in the middle of a conference. She goes, "Hey, do you want to dinner at Barry Gordy's house tonight?" I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> right." We walk in. He is. I, I'm sorry if he's if he or his daughter or anyone that knows him. I'm, I'm guessing he's late 70s at the time. And walk in. He's like. Tom, so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for working with my daughter. Tell me about you. What's going on? Just, just at me. At, like, yeah. I'm like, Barry Gordy is asking, and he is, you know, he's like this tall, and he is just super charismatic in my face. I'm like, Barry, please show me your house, architectural, like insanely great home. Like, uh, I want to say it was up in Bel Air, and it was just yeah. phenomenal estate. Walking around, he's showing me everything, gold records, yada, yada, yada. We're walking by, and I'm like, is that a Dance Dance Revolution game? And it's the full big one. It's not like, you know, like, you know, a wee one. It's the full monster thing. No quarters required, by the way. And I'm like, and literally I just said to him, by the way, I will smoke you at the end of dinner, and, which is the dumbest thing on the planet in hindsight to say to Barry Gordy, because he's got a Dance Dance Revolution his house. in his house. Yeah, house. And it's like Mental note to self. office master bedroom. Like I should have known, like that could have been his workout. And John Wesley, by the way, John Wesley filmed on a flip video camera, yes. which I believe we still have. We have to find this footage, if we can find this footage. It could be the most embarrassing thing ever <laughs> because he didn't smoke me once. He didn't smoke me twice. He told me I am going to get like 10,000 points and you're going to get like 200. And then after I got smoked the first time, I'm like, well, you've done this before. He goes, I beat Michael Jackson all the time. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. So you don't feel bad. Oh, no, no, no I'm competitive. <laughs> yes. And I want to dance dance revolution right now. Just thinking about it. But he asked you a million, million questions. questions. It was almost uh, at times hard to reciprocate though yeah. he was very generous yeah. he was very generous where i was able to say well and tell me about you and like you know what's it like being barry yeah. gordy and like how do you how do you stay relevant i remember just saying like you know how do you stay at the top of your game how do totally. you stay fresh how do you and he's like you just got to constantly check out new music and you got to be into the, 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 the cultural phenomena of the time and it like and, and as he's talking he's getting louder more and more animated and by the way vegetarian, doesn't drink, works out every day, physically fit, yep. totally brain focused, like everything that like we aspire to. I was just like, oh my God, like Barry Gordy. Yeah. And he's, I mean, like you have no idea, like so, I mean, like I was so bad. <laughs> All right, so, so but, wrap but, it up, sales book. So, yeah, yeah, so one, okay. uh, how, how to win friends and influence people. people. Number two, instant rapport by Michael Brooks. Oh my God, classic. Yeah. I, mean, I just I just did a whole thing on that on my last podcast. Yeah, so, I yes, love that, love by it. the way, that was yep. awesome. Um, and then there's, there's, this one's, not so well known. Mm -hmm. It's called Unlimited Selling Power. It's not Tony Robbins' book, Unlimited yeah, yeah, Power. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's Unlimited Selling Power. Interesting. Right? And what the book is, that one I forget who the yep. author is. Uh, Black Book, Red, you know, Red. Oh, my dad just texted me, by the way. This is oh, rad. Like, we're right in the middle of the podcast, and my dad's texting me. Nice. Yes. He says that your beard makes you look old. <laughs> <laughs> We ran into him last night at dinner. That's super fun. All right, sorry. Unlimited selling power. This, no one is gonna like this except for the people that know us and they're gonna be like, those guys are ham bones. Yeah. Yes. 27 years, Matt. Yeah, so, exactly. Which so Friends for a um, long so time. Unlimited selling power. Mm -hmm. um, you, know, you know, a lot of the book, it's an NLP book on sales. Yeah. A lot of the books that are out there on neuro-linguistic programming and, and influence. Sure. It's all therapeutic. It's very therapeutic. Yeah, very completely therapeutic. therapeutic. Yep. This, this book is 100% takes the strategies yep. and puts it over stuff I've never heard before yes. that I just went, Ooh, that yes. pattern, that's phenomenal, uh -huh. et cetera. Uh -huh. Right. And it's, you can, you can get it on Amazon, right. Okay. And it is, that book has revolutionized 
you know, a lot strong. of the, yeah, it's very strong. Yeah. Like my approach to, you know, to a large portion of the selling that I actually do. That's cool. You know? yeah. That's cool. I'm actually looking really fast here. Cause there was another one uh, that I never split the difference. We got that one. Yeah. Um, there was another one that I read recently, or I should say audio listen to. Okay. I'll come back to it. Yeah. Um, Those are my three. Okay. I love it. Those All right. So, so, Bill, this has been super fun. Yeah, and I know you got to go get on an airplane and you were yeah. in the office working in the text from my dad yeah. making the podcast. That it's just legendary. Amazing. He was just like, he, tell him he looks old. <laughs> Jeez, Bill. Bill, shave calm, your beard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, hey, for everybody listening, um, you know, first of all, thank you. Thank you for yeah. just like jumping in. Obviously, uh, you know, Bill, thank you just for being Brother, you, man. Yeah. I mean, like the, the sales Absolutely. edge event, like what you do, it's, you know, it's so inspiring for me. Like I'll show up, you know, there's like a couple of years where I would just like show up randomly yeah. to sales edge. It's like killer three day conference. If you haven't been to it, you gotta go. Gotta go. And I would literally, I would, I would ask people like, okay, so how was day one? And they're like, oh, it's a little nervous, you know, cause like it's, uh, yeah, I'm like learning these new scripts and, but like, you know, he made it really fun. And, and then, you know, like how was day two? Oh, like you could see like. The transformation. If, the, the energetic shift in confidence. I love that. Like yeah. that's the way I describe it. Like you see people that are, it, it, it's no different from, you know, learning something new and you're like learning, oh, this, I'm a little awkward, this is kind of yeah. weird and I'm uncomfortable and what like are people saying? Riding a bike even, yeah, it's but, the same thing. But since everybody's going through it at the same time, yeah. it takes some of the stress away yep. and then you come back on day two and you're like, wait a minute, I have a little more finesse now, my personality's yep. showing up, I'm using these words but I'm allowing myself, right, to really be in it because yep. I've understood now how to learn the script yeah. and then on day three it's just like, they're like appointment setting machines. And 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 the physical transformation that actually occurs that yeah. you see, they're not yes. the same people on day number three yes. as they are on day number one. Yeah. I, I wanna, hold on, I, hold on, you're not healed. It's no. not like you're like, oh. No, you still gotta right? go out and work. Yeah, yeah, but, you know? but, it, but you're right, it's, I, I would argue it's the, it's the shift in confidence. Yeah. I know what to say, I know how to say it, yeah. I'm no longer afraid to go to and say, say it, it. You yeah. went, to shoot the video, to whatever. And they're practicing yeah. again and again. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanna say one last thing. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course, you man, know, super I fun. I love this. Yeah. Um, we've had more fun, I think, Shave in the last the couple of weeks. Shave the beard. I don't know, we, we were laughing pretty hard at Jackson Hole, yeah, but that, we that could be a whole um, additional podcast. The, um, the one thing I wanna say to everyone who's listening is, mm -hmm. I, I, there, there's a mistake I see people make in life and, and it translates over into sales as well too, Richard, that, and, that I think is, is critical. Be willing to fail. Yeah. Like, like I, I think yeah. the biggest mistake that I see is people aren't willing to take risks mm -hmm. uh, and because they're afraid they're gonna fail. Yep. But you know, um, one, you remember Karen Bernardi. Of course, you know, legend. Yeah, and, and yeah, Boulder, Colorado. Ski, Big shots, Karen Bernardi. You know, skiing with her, and I said, "How have you done this?" This, she, this is a woman that was selling hundreds of homes before no one was selling hundreds yes. of homes. Yes. And she said, um, she said something to me that I remember so well. I said, she goes, "Most people are afraid to fail." She goes, "I just fell faster, get up faster, and move forward." And then I, the thought hit me that success is a series of well-managed failures. Mm -hmm. It's really all that it is, mm -hmm. you know? And I think if you never if you never put yourself in a position to fail, you never put yourself in a position to grow. And I think that that stops so many people from being able to have the success, the happiness, the joy, the love, you know, to not talk to the woman, the man that they want to, to not take a risk, to not, mm -hmm. you know, make the call, right? It, it stops people from being able to have a fulfilling life, yeah. so. 
Yeah. Nothing I could say better than that. So on that note, my friends, hey, thank you so much always for listening to the podcast. And uh, hey, maybe share it with a friend, someone that uh, wants to giggle and laugh and yes. hear how silly we are. <laughs> We're also talking about sales and influence and everything else. So we love you guys. Thank you. And Bill, thank, thank you so you much. Too, brother. All right. Appreciate see you that. soon. Hey, it's Tom. If you've been listening to me for a while, you've heard me say repeatedly over and over again, we are living in the review economy. That's right, consumers are making decisions based upon reviews, specifically ones that were written in the last 90 days. With that said, I'm looking to grow my base. I'm looking to get this podcast into the minds of more amazing people just like you. You can help. Would you go to Apple Podcasts and write a review? That's Apple Podcasts and just write a review. Tell them what you think. Hey, one star, five stars, make up your own number of stars. Totally fine by me, but please go to Apple Podcasts and write a review. It means the world to me. Thanks in advance. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.